Magic Hand Wavium, the podcast that tries to explain fictional worlds using signs. I'm Simon. And I'm Jeff. Jeff. Yes? Do you know what a plesiosaur is? But like, without the extra letters that you tried? I don't think, I think I just, I had a break. But it's a plesiosaur. Or is that ple- right. Yeah, it's a plesiosaur. Okay, well, it ends in sore, so it sounds like some sort of dinosaur. Would you be surprised to hear that there is a plesiosaur alive today? Uh, I would be shocked, yes. It's seeing as though dinosaurs died out a little like while a ago. a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean they're, they're at least before my time. I don't know about you, but I have... Never well, seen I am all times, so... There you go. You are the <laughs> indefinite age. Yeah, today we're talking about cryptids. That'll be fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun looking at these Wikipedia articles <laughs> that are linked to things like hoax. And... Wait, let's, 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 let's look at the other great words that come out of this. Mm-hmm. UFOlogy. Young Earth How many creationism. O's are there in UFOlogy? What did you say? How many O's are there in UFOlogy? So is Only... it UFOlogy or UFOlogy? So I'm assuming it's pronounced UFOlogy, but it's U-F-O-L-O-G-Y. Oh, that's definitely UFOlogy then. Is it UFOlogy? That just sounds wrong though. Yeah, like zoology as opposed to zoology. Okay. <laughs> Leave that empty space in the edit later on. <laughs> Just cut that right out. All right, yeah. So I kind of, I wanted to, I got to put this on the ground or else I'm going to make noise all day. <laughs> I kind of wanted to stick with the ones that are known in the Western, or the, the American canon. Okay. Um, That's fair. Because I did not realize the amount of cryptids that exist. Oh, yeah. There are a lot. So many. All over. It's like so many all over. There's one that is, I think, my favorite, which is a bunyip. Okay. Which is like a like a giant dog that grabs you and drags you into swamps, which is horrifying. But it's from Australia. I'm like, guys, you already have crazy... You have a platypus that is literally a real-life cryptid. You Mm -hmm. don't need more cryptids. So are we sticking to cryptids that some groups of people accept to likely exist? Or are we including... Uh, like mythological creatures that a lot of them boil down to being naked hairy men in the woods who want to wrestle. So, from what I what I've read today, literally like half an hour ago, mm-hmm. is the difference between those two things are are not really. It's not clear. Like the bunyip is still mm-hmm. like the Mothman in Australia. Okay. But not here where we see it as the Mothman. Yeah. As yeah. yeah. It's like obviously there's a man who can foretell disasters and he's dressed like a moth. 
or is, is a moth? I don't actually know. I thought he was a moth that just kind of hung I, around sometimes. I think he is a moth. I think he's a man-sized moth. Right. Yeah. But but that's that's what I'm saying. Like I think so so we are sticking to the things that are considered I would consider cryptozoology. So like Mothman, Bigfoot, Chupacabra, Loch Ness Monster, mm-hmm. Yeti, Jersey Devil. And then the other one I found that I have never seen before is the Honey Island. Well, hold on. Wait, what? you've seen the rest of these before? Well, I mean, yeah. Come on, of course. Have you never <laughs> seen the picture of Bigfoot? Oh, I thought you meant like in the wild. Actually. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. I've, I was I've very concerned about our... Uh... Our partnership in this podcast. <laughs> the fact that I am, I am a, your coworker. Um, no, I. There was one we might include later. I don't know that much about it, but it looks really mm-hmm. cool, and it makes Louisiana even more terrifying. And we may or may not actually name it. Well, it's the Honey Island Swamp Monster, but I don't okay. know if we'll get to it today. All right. We so have like a tease four for a later episode. <laughs> and we will spend an entire episode just on the bunyip and how scary it is. <laughs> okay, so um, let's start off with the Mothman because that's the one word I've mentioned. So mm-hmm. for anyone who doesn't know, Mothman is a West Virginian legend who I think was first seen around the collapse of a bridge. Yeah, that sounds familiar. The majority of what I know about him is from the new season of The Adventure Zone. So, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not an expert. Um, but he is he's just a man. So he's a man, but with moth-like wings and a like, bird-like face. Maybe a moth-like okay. face. And wherever he appears... He prophesizes horrible happenings. So, like, he was seen... prophesizing them or committing them? Prophesizing, I think, is what it's seen as. I don't think he destroys things. But I think he is seen as, like, a a doppelganger. Like a a portent of death, kind of. Okay. Yeah. Those are different things, but... Well, no, a doppelganger... If you see a doppelganger, you will die. They're, They're symbols of death. Mm. They also look like you. <laughs> yeah, and they're killing you to replace you. Exactly. That's why they're portents of death. I'll just kill them first. Well, you can try. The thing <laughs> is, is that they're just as strong as you, and they know all your moves. <laughs> <laughs> why would a man have... Be a moth. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, it's... Yeah. So unlike other cryptids, like mm-hmm. I would say like like Loch Ness or Bigfoot, mm-hmm. this is not a recognizable creature. I don't know of any bipedal moths. And Oh, okay. Um yeah, no, that doesn't make sense. I, yeah, right? And I, and it's a combination of a both a vertebrate and an invertebrate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well I think it's important to walk into this with the assumption that they are the thing that they are described as being. Yes. So, uh, so not or, or 
I, I don't think we have to make that assumption. I think we can make the assumption that they may look like the thing they are. So he not actually be a moth, but he may have mm-hmm. moth-like wings. Okay, but it's not... A man in a costume. Like a man Hell in a not. mask. No. Right, okay. Absolutely not. That would be ridiculous. Who would do that? Monsters. That's who. <laughs> People on the internet who don't listen to our podcast. Those people. <laughs> All the vast majority of everybody. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I mean, what's what's three and a half? Whatever it is. I'm not going to go. That's a bad joke. Cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what are we, are, are we saying? Are we saying that he is, that he was born with moth wings? <laughs> Or are we are we saying another Tony the Tiger situation where the moth wings were grafted onto his back? I think that it started out like it would have just been a normal moth, but something went sideways when it turned into mush to turn into a moth. So so you're seeing then okay. got legs and a backbone. So you're saying like the movie the fly with Jeff Goldblum, mm-hmm. but instead of it being a man turning into a fly, it's a moth turning into a man. <laughs> yes, that is exactly what I'm saying. And you're saying it happened during wait, moths have metamorphosized, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So you're saying during the metamorphosis of this particular moth, instead of turning from a uh, caterpillar caterpillar to a moth it got bones yes interesting but does it need bones could Uh, you well no i suppose it well for how big it is it would make sense that there's some structural uh components to it rather than just chitinous all around but could it have like Bone is is calcium. Could it have like keratin structures inside of it? Mm. Yeah, sure. They just be specialized, similar to how like bones just are. a support rather yeah. than body. Yeah, that's that's okay. Okay, I can dig that. So we're mm-hmm. going straight. He's not even. He's a invertebrate. He's a bug. Yes. Do do moths have six legs? Moths do have six limb, well, six legs and wings, I believe. Yes. So it's all together. They have six limbs. I think all told it'd be eight. Okay, that's what I thought. So, so he loses two limbs. Mm-hmm. Because, because, I mean, he is. Uh, he looks like a man. Yes, he looks like a man. Yeah. Um. I- hmm. Let me zoom in on this picture. <laughs> is and the other question I have for you mm-hmm. this is this is perfect for you because it's a it's a bug. Is this the different metamorphosis because mm-hmm. he is genetically different or or is it like human or intelligent design intervention? Well, I mean I'm not well, where did he first show up around West Virginia? West Virginia. So you got plenty of crazy military stuff going on. Right. 
I mean, so I used could to have go been to some of sort of crossbreeding then, right? Or injecting people <laughs> DNA into moth caterpillars, hmm. moth larvae. You could do that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we're gonna say that the Mothman is an escaped military experiment from mm-hmm. West Virginia. Mm-hmm. How can he tell the future? Or, or is he not telling the future, but instead he's being hunted by the United States military, and they That's keep on... That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And so they, like, people see him where there happens to be collateral damage from hunting him. Yeah, that makes total sense. Because you would mm-hmm. want to kill this guy. He is the next generation Super of trooper. humanity. Yeah, I mean that sounds like a like a done deal. That's not tough at all. I like mm-hmm. I do like the fact that we decided he's not actually a man. He's not human or a homo. Right. He's he's a moth. He is a moth. <laughs> Wait, does this mean that he is the intelligence of a moth? So he's just running around wildly. <laughs> totally um, confused. I mean that would track depending yeah i I don't know if he'd necessarily be sapient i like he just knows that he's being hunted so he's leaving yeah i like the because because if you've ever like tried to catch a moth they they are slippery they're not like slippery like flies no you just gotta shine a light at a bit of cloth so maybe he's always maybe he's always trying to reach the sun but he he can't fly because he's human size. Because there's so much body for those wings to handle. Yeah. 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 Moths aren't meant to hold up an entire human being. <laughs> I, I, I like that. That's yeah, that's very true. Yeah. So so the the US military mm-hmm. is hunting down this escaped experiment escaped yes. experiment but this escaped experiment doesn't have the concept that it's even being hunted really it's just is running in a direction trying <laughs> to, to get... find light yeah it's just chasing yeah, sure it's chasing the sun what a great mm-hmm. what a great creature <laughs> i love this creature more now than I did. Yeah, we have our own headcanon. Yes. <laughs> yes. Our, our headcanon is better than the actual myth. Mm-hmm. Let me lay this on you. Mm-hmm. Bigfoot. Right. Is it a prehistoric ape that has survived to modern day mm-hmm. or another escaped military experiment? <laughs> um... That one, I lean more towards prehistoric ape that just has evaded uh, documentation. Hmm. Okay, so you think there's several big big feet? Yes. Oh, absolutely. For how long hmm. sightings have been, there has to be a population, a breeding population. It's true. We, we do have pretty frequent And they're big everywhere, feet. too. Yeah, that's true. And they, like, always in forested areas. Because that was going to be my next question was, do you think... not even. Like, Bigfeet and Yeti are the same. Just one is adapted toward Arctic conditions. 
and the Bigfoot is adapted for forest. But I, you know, I would say that they would be two different species. I don't. Maybe subspecies. I don't know if they'd be able to interbreed. I have not performed any of those experiments yet. You know what? I'm gonna go on the record saying I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the record and say I think mm-hmm. Yetis and Bigfeet can breed, but they have uh, enough of a genetic distance that I don't think that they would create. Like the offspring won't be yeah. viable. Yeah, viable offspring. Okay. Like, maybe they can. It's like a mule and a hinny. Mm-hmm. Rather than like Africanized yeah, bees. That. Yeah. That makes sense to me. I think that's the best difference between them. However, but they have to live in pretty small groups to not be seen. I mean, like, collections of like 25 mm-hmm. humans have been seen. And, mm-hmm. and and categorized, yeah, right. Like, like that. That's a, a large enough population for something to be noticed. Okay, so they would have to live in small enclaves mm-hmm. with some sort of genetic exchange between communities. Yeah. Well. Well. Here's my idea. Mm-hmm. Wolverines have like 50 mile tracts of land like they're huge range yes what if big feet have mm-hmm. a similar tract of like land like just large ranges yeah. that they operate within oh god and so there's very few of them because they breed very rarely but they just mm-hmm. live for a long time like they live for like okay. tortoise like 150 years yeah, that makes sense. And there isn't as much competition. They have their own established uh, territories. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't see them striking out on their own to try to find new territory as often. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, yeah. they're, never, they're never in competition. The only time they really strike out is to find a mate. Mm-hmm. And, and it might even be that they're a, uh, not asexual, but... Not even I don't know if there's a word for it for a creature that can change gender or sexual sex. Uh, yes, based that on... is a thing. I think is it just hermaphroditic? Mm. I think so. I think it's it is considered hermaphroditic, but it's mostly applied to like plants and worms, and fish, and fish. But what if this ape kind of de-evolved, lost? The, the Well, it isn't necessarily a de-evolution. Um, just like you can change depending on whatever inputs, yeah. um, like what, um, what gender. Yeah. They are. So it would kind of be as if humanity lost the Y chromosome, replaced it with an X. And then evolved a way of mating between what we would now call women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes to- it's like it's like a it's like a it is a tree. That's how a tree works. <laughs> Trees work that way. Well, I mean, there's like fish that it's a community with 
a male and a bunch of female. And when that male dies, one fish becomes the next male. Yeah, I think, and I think that would further reduce Bigfoot movement because they mm-hmm. only need to find really one other version of the of themselves maybe mm-hmm. like two just to re- like replace themselves yeah they and die. they yeah. yeah and they hang out and hunt and forage together and uh like pheromone input like one of them uh like transitions to or, or you could even male. do like it doesn't even have to transition but but they're both male and female so mm, like yeah. a tree Mm-hmm. They both get pregnant with the other one's genetic material, and that way okay. you only have to see one other Bigfoot f- to to equal your <laughs> population to to have a population I growth of zero. Like this idea more because then it lends to the idea that they're like flatworms penis fencing. <laughs> Yes. And just whichever penetrates first is the male. But in this world, they always penetrate at the same time. (laughs) Well, not even necessarily that, because the one could have multiple offspring. So, it it is a prime. Or they would have multiple... I know. Like, breeding seasons. Well, see... So, yeah, the, they would be able to replace themselves. The thing I was saying is If they were, like, if, 150 years old and they reproduce every, like, 70 years. I guess, yeah. And so that's, like... Or you could even do... I mean, what? We say we have a Bigfoot, Bigfoot sighting, like, once every 30? Uh, I'm not even going to guess at a statistic to that. I'm going to say it's, it's once every 30. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sure, just pull these numbers out of the air. I, I, I uh, yeah, okay, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> However, I think it's pretty accurate. I, I'm assuming big feet are real. Okay, already yes, we have to. Out. We for this podcast, we have to assume that all these cryptids are <laughs> yes. real, actual things. Yeah, so I think you know, sighting every thirty years. Easily, you could get four big feet meetups, and you're good. I mean, that's yeah, it's 120 that years that of fares. life. Mm-hmm. I mean, 150 if you become sexually mature at 30 years old. Mm-hmm. There you go, big feet. They exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. Don't let the man tell you anything else, and also Yeti, <laughs> which is. Which is another one that we also solved. Yeah, it's just an Arctic variant. Yeah, or a high elevation variant. Mm-hmm. You guys, anyone <laughs> who listens to this, yeah, anyone who listens to this should definitely read into uh, just cryptids because it's great. <laughs> it's just it's all so of them good. In it's so good. <laughs> I'm I'm reading about a prehistoric bear from the Pleistocene epoch, and I'm mm-hmm. like, this is this doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry if someone out there believes that they exist. They might exist. Who knows? I don't we, think they do. I am not saying whether or not they exist one way or the other. 
I'm just saying the assumption for this podcast is that they do. Okay, yes. Here's a new one for our non-existent south of the border. Potentially existent. Potentially existent south of the border listeners. The Chupacabra. Chupacabra. Yeah. How about that? It's a blood sucker. Or a <laughs> goat sucker. How's that face taste for you? Yeah. Um Yeah, what was it? Chupacabras like eat the blood of chickens or something? Well, here we might be entering the realm of a different episode that we haven't done yet, which is vampires. <laughs> but it do you think it would be possible to live off of the blood of a, another creature? Possibly. What, but what, I mean, do I, they necessarily exclusively exist on the blood of another creature? I, I think they do. They're, they are they are like vampires. Yeah, let's see this. They just puncture and mm. they drink blood and mm-hmm. then they go about their business. Right. Yeah, well, I'm looking at this uh, illustration that I randomly clicked on online. And my initial thought is that they may have consumed blood meals for um, other nutrients that they may have been deficient on and otherwise mm. ate, like, vegetables. Mm. But all of these teeth are very pointed, so they are well, seemingly very carnivorous. I, I like that idea, because if you think about it, if a creature had no ability to digest plant matter like cellulose mm-hmm. highly specialized to killing and eating other animals right it could potentially become not so much vitamin deficient but mm-hmm. might become iron deficient right well yeah it could be deficient in so many things really <laughs> it's not a good way to live i mean there there are such a thing as carnivores yeah in our world mm-hmm. and <laughs> true well i mean let's see are there any vertebrates that exist purely on blood meals because i know there's plenty of purely. insects that do yeah well well why do insects do you know? Uh, I don't know why they would only need blood meals. Because it it seems like insects do it because it's it's a low cost way to get a high nutrient product. Mm-hmm. Like like a mosquito doesn't need that much rip flesh off me by mm-hmm. just sucking my blood. If it was like right. a bear, that would make sense that it could just rip me apart and eat me mm-hmm. violently, huh? I I'm trying to think of uh, of something that blood has that other parts of my body don't. Well, it might not necessarily be something that the blood has that other parts don't, but it may not be able to digest like the meats. Like it needs, um, and that's that's not a bad like idea. That soft, like pure liquid diet. Yeah, or or even. It yeah, it lost its ability to digest meat mm-hmm. based on just the fact that meat is a is an expensive thing, like to a, digest. A, yeah, yes. energetically expensive thing to digest. Mm-hmm. I don't know if blood would be any less energetic though. Uh, I, it might be. 
I mean, you wouldn't need the mechanical digestion. Like, That's you wouldn't true. need to chew or let your stomach, like, churn. So it would just be constantly taking in blood meals and then just burning through the nutrients. I, I, that makes sense. That's, that's yeah, totally removing the mechanical part of digestion and just saying mm-hmm. it's just strike chemical. It's a highly efficient digestive system you got there. Mm-hmm. Probably doesn't even poop. Probably just... Yeah, well, yeah, there wouldn't be much. Yeah, it's, it's probably like a bird. Like a bird. Yeah. yeah. So the, the other thing I was toying with was if it didn't have lungs or gills mm-hmm. and it needed to digest oxygenated blood mm-hmm. to get that that good good hemoglobin mm-hmm. you know this the so, stuff wait, that keeps you alive are you suggesting that it does not respirate mm-hmm. it's sur- <sighs> it survives off the off the oxygen oxygenated blood of other creatures from the blood meals that seems like it would be very difficult to maintain it does it could also be that it doesn't have like red blood cells and therefore it doesn't make its own blood mm. mm-hmm. and therefore it just that... uses the blood of whatever it finds hmm. but i, be I interesting I... to see to like work out a mechanism that that would work through it'd be tough i like your idea better because it it which was the oh that is omnivorous Oh yeah, it was not that it was omnivorous, but that it it sucked blood exclusively because it lacked mechanical digestion, so it needed mm, a mm-hmm. liquid Diet, sustenance. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, that makes more sense. Like looking at the picture, it does not look omnivorous at all. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it, <laughs> it has only very pointed teeth. Only so many pointed teeth. <laughs> Highly specialized. I like that. That that works, I think, well. Mm-hmm. I would like to say the Chupacabra has been seen in Maine. In, like, Maine the state? Yes, in Maine the state. So that is very far north from its... Uh, Origins? Like Central American yeah. origins. Yeah, it was first seen in Puerto Rico, and then for the south, it's been seen as Chile. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Um, You can tell which one of us is from the country. (laughs) uh, When were, rather, these reports, uh, these sightings in Maine? Uh, In Maine? I don't actually (laughs) know. The, The one in Puerto Rico was in 1995. Okay. Well, Puerto Rico is an island also. A Puerto so, Rico. Port Rich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because if it's, like, later I can see a chupacabra accidentally finding its way into... Um, like, like accidentally like, getting on a plane. Well, not a plane, but flown, like a truck. And then, and then oh. <laughs> going... Further north, or even um, a cargo ship. That's how it found its way on Puerto Rico. Okay. So, so my thing was going to be a joke where, like, he was on a plane and people thought he was a human. 
and like he's like sitting there in the seat and oh the no they tear off just, the like, wings come... of the plane like a gremlin well i think that's I what the... scared bill shatner so much <laughs> i the image of like the stewardess coming up and being like would you like something to drink and the tuber and it just like hisses at, yeah, goes, <laughs> at them <laughs> and goes we don't have any of that sir and continues walking <laughs> but I, uh, I also valid i suppose i mean like i can i can see that in airplane like i wish that was a scene in airplane <laughs> uh, it, no i think it's definitely the monster from the bill shatner episode of twilight zone those things are creepy by the way I really don't like them. What, Chupacabras? Yeah, no, no, no. I've just been staring at one the... full screen. It's terrifying. <laughs> no, no, the the wing, the creatures from the Bill Shatner airplane Twilight Zone episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no. They're creepy. We need to do Twilight Zone next. Well, and I mean, then, dude, it's like, obvious. Forever. It's literally, we can't do the Twilight Zone because it's in the beginning of the Twilight Zone. We are entering the Twilight Zone. Like that's the, that's the solution. Fair. You're in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> Come on, get your head out of your. Yeah, change my no, notes. Around. It's firmly placed in there, sir. <laughs> it is lodged. <laughs> it is like a keystone in an arch. <laughs> I have tried. The rest of the <laughs> just fell apart. They have become. They have become one. <laughs> I had it. <laughs> That's a lot of audio we can use. All right. I like. <laughs> Next one. Yep. Next one. The Loch Ness monster. Okay, that's the monster that lives Ooh. in Loch Ness. Yes, it is. Um, it is supposedly mm-hmm. a wait for plesiosaur. It's a plesiosaur. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, um, no problem. Because I couldn't find the word. Mm-hmm. Do yep. we think that this that is there the... is a single plesiosaur that has existed? For, you know, a long time. Like a long time. Like like a long time. This is, realize me and Jeff are using relative words because we can't remember when (laughs) plesiosaurs live. It's definitely longer than the expected lifespan of anything. Yeah, I mean, also something that large is bound to... Like eat a lot, yeah. I, I and and high have a high metabolism, which means <laughs> that its its oxidative rate for its DNA is going to be through the roof. Like mm-hmm. elephants live for a long time, but they also move very slowly. They don't swim. Swimming mm-hmm. is a very energetically expensive thing. Right. I have a, I have a solution though. Oh, all right. Feel free. Have you ever seen the Godzilla movie where she plants eggs underneath New York City or Tokyo or whatever it is? Those are different cities. 
I know, um, but I can't remember I what city. Which one it was. Yeah. Or which Godzilla movie it was in. Yeah. Um, no, actually, I don't think I've seen any kaiju movies, to be honest. Godzilla's not bad. Mm-hmm. So, in the film, it's like a few years after, and the eggs start hatching. Okay. And they create new Godzilla's. Mm-hmm. And they hatch in in a manner where the most outer eggs hatch first. So, I have an idea. A plesiosaur mm-hmm. planted eggs underneath the soil of okay. Loch Ness. Okay. Okay. At right. different depths, but it didn't know it was different depths because obviously Loch Ness was a lot deeper. Mm-hmm. I have no idea if that's true. <laughs> but we're not seeing the same plesiosaur. What we are seeing is plesiosaur ancient fertilized eggs from a plesiosaur. From a yeah, yeah, and we're just seeing them successively hatch, come out, grow, be there. We take a picture of it. It's evidence. It's there. It dies. It's brother or sister comes out, hatches, grows larger, pops mm-hmm. up. New picture. Well, yeah, and they don't necessarily have to be, like, all, like, brother-sister, like, sibling relations. It could have been different plesiosaurs. Yeah, but they all um, planted their eggs in the same area. Yes, different populations of plesiosaurs that had different depths that they would bury their eggs and yeah. as a result of changing climate the you know eggs deeper down are able to incubate properly yeah uh, it's probably a temperature thing yeah they need to incubate at you know the the temperature at the closer to the surface rather than the temperature in the earth mm-hmm. voila boom Loch Ness Monster answered. <laughs> that that might be the fastest one ever. <laughs> cool. Uh, All right. And thank you for listening to Pedantic and Wavium. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe us on iTunes. I don't know if you can do that on Stitcher, but if you can, do that too. Just whatever you listen to us on, just mash that like button. Thank you, Joe Sobchak, for writing our theme music. I'm Jeff Conrad. And I'm Simon Kozik. And please visit us at handwavium.com or handhw.com and give us suggestions for future episodes. 